Welcome to the Next Level Leaders Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hara. I've been in different leadership positions over the last seven years, and the most rewarding thing is when I'm able to help women on their way to a promotion or a better position with another company. I'm here to help so many more women see their potential and implement small changes every day to make a huge impact in their career. I focus on confidence, self-awareness, communication, growth mindset, networking, and more. If you're ready to believe in yourself and take action, you're in the right place. Let's go. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Next Level Leaders. This is episode 20. I am so excited to be talking about resumes today. If you aren't already subscribed, please hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening so that you can get notifications every time an episode comes out, likely every Tuesday, but I'll be honest, I'm not perfect and sometimes an episode comes out on a Wednesday, so at least you'll be notified anytime a new episode comes out, but they do come out every single week. I hope you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving weekend. I hope you got to spend time with your loved ones or doing some crazy Black Friday shopping or Cyber Monday. Uh, I don't do any of that. I hang out and play games with my family, mostly board games, card games, all sorts of different fun things, but you will likely not catch me at a Black Friday sale and even Cyber Monday I haven't been as into. But I'm sure with my kids, once they get a little bit older and I want to save some money on their gifts, I'll probably take up some sales. So I will not say never, but currently that is not my thing. So I like to eat a lot of food. I like to eat a lot of dessert and relax and hang out with all of my family. So both sides of our family really like to play games. So it's a lot of fun because we get different games in throughout the weekend. And that's what I look forward to most. I am currently offering some discounts and different packages in regards to helping edit your resume and cover letter and to help you start your 2020 year off to a great start by having an amazing resume and a cover letter. So even if you aren't currently in the job market but want to be ready when you are, I can definitely help get you set up for success. So please reach out to me. I will include more details at the end of the podcast, but I want to make sure that you know that I am offering my help so that if you are trying to edit your resume or edit your cover letter by yourself and you are taking the different feedback into action, that is a great start. I can help you take your resume to that next level and really make it stand out. So don't hesitate to reach out and more details to come at the end of the episode. All right, so today let's talk about resumes and getting it looking pretty. I wanted to talk about this today because some of these tips are super simple. If you did a Google search, you'll find some of the suggestions that I have in them as well, but I'm here to explain some of the why as well as the fact that I have done nearly 400 different interviews for different positions. And the statistic is that most hiring managers are only looking at your resume for six seconds. So I'm here to help you get your resume to stand out amongst other applicants so that you can get reached out to and onto the next steps into the interviewing phase. 
The first thing I'm going to talk about is the aesthetic of your resume. So if you are applying for a marketing role or something that's a little bit more creative, uh, you'll want to make sure that your resume is also coming off as creative so that it's a little bit more fun to look at and is going to show off that creativity. If you're applying for something that's more of like an operations role, customer support, something like that, you won't need it to be as fancy and it can be pretty basic with just the text, but I've seen a lot of different resumes and it is so funny when I go to look at a creative role and see all the different applicants and the different ways that they have made their resume a little bit different because of their creativity. So super fun to look at those as well versus just text, but I'll be honest, Mine up until recently has been mostly text and nothing too fancy, and I have not had issues getting different positions, but depending on the market that you're in, you could be passed up for different reasons and will want to make sure that your resume stands out amongst your competition. With format, you'll also want to make sure that the format is all the same as well. So if you have a certain font for the title of your position, you'll want to make sure it's the same font and the same size for each specific role. You'll be surprised at how big it can be an eyesore when something is off. So whether that's an additional space or something isn't formatted fully correctly, Uh, That can definitely be a distraction. And honestly, the goal for your resume in that six seconds is to make it as easy as possible to catch the hiring manager's eye for them to be intrigued and interested to want to read more into your resume and spend more than that six seconds on it. So that's why format is going to be super important. I've seen resumes with different fonts. All throughout, I've seen resumes with different text size all throughout. So it looks really sloppy when you do that. It looks like you've copied and pasted from different things and didn't take the extra couple of minutes to make sure that everything was formatted correctly. So again, we want to come off as professional. Whatever position that you're applying for, even if it is a creative role, you'll want to make sure that however you're laying out your resume, that it is aesthetically pleasing. As far as simple things like your email address, you'll want to make sure that that is something that is professional as well. So if you are using the same email address that you've had since high school or middle school, let's go ahead and create you a new email address so that you come off as professional. If you haven't created a new email address, it is super simple. You can do your first name, dot last name, Something really, really simple, okay? But let's not get too crazy with creating emails. It's helpful to include things like your LinkedIn or anything that is going to be related to your role to help provide someone additional information. If you are referencing your LinkedIn link because you have many uh, referrals or recommendations from other people who you've worked with in the past, It's helpful to include that on your resume and point it out at some point on your resume as well. Maybe it's in the references section if you're adding that to your resume that they can be available upon request and some are already listed on LinkedIn. With your LinkedIn link, you can get that to be 
personalized as well. I believe it's automatically generated with some different numbers. So what you'll want to do is go to your profile, view your profile on LinkedIn. And in the top right corner, it says to edit your custom URL. It says to view it and edit it. So click on that and then click the little edit option and you'll be able to change that to your first and last name or whatever is currently available. So I would highly suggest to go in there to your LinkedIn, update that as well. So when you are adding that to your resume, again, it looks more professional. In regards to your address, usually people will have their first and last name and then under that or somewhere near it, they'll have like their phone number, their email address and an address. Uh, It's not very common anymore to utilize your full address. So don't feel like you need to do that. Go ahead and put your city and state that you currently live. So if you are being hired locally, they can see that you're local. If you are being hired as a remote position, it won't matter as much, but sometimes different laws do affect different states. So it's helpful to have that in there, at least for your city and state. Or if you feel more comfortable only putting your state, go ahead and do that. For your resume, you are going to want to make sure it is facts-based. The hiring manager didn't come to look at your resume only to read a job description for the job that you're doing. I see this so often that it's essentially people looking a job description up and inserting those sentences of what they are supposed to do in a day-to-day. And that is not going to be super helpful and have you stand out amongst your competition. Now, I don't want you to get confused with the different job descriptions I'm referring to. I don't want your resume to look like you pulled up the job description you initially applied for and wrote out exactly what it was asking of you. I do, however, want you to pull up the job description for the company that you're applying for and making sure that anything that is listed in that job description is somehow covered in your resume. So not word for word, you can change different keywords that they're using because that can help if they're using an applicant tracking system. However, I don't want you to just write specific. I don't want you to write bullet points as if they are an actual job description. Again, making it more facts-based and accomplishment-based. So when I say facts-based, I am referring to things that you have specifically accomplished, as well as factual information in regards to the role that you're doing. It's also helpful to include numbers because that is going to draw their eye as well. If it's a bunch of different words, that is when the hiring manager is going to be skimming over that information. So when you're writing in a big paragraph or it's mostly just words, that is likely to be skipped over. So you're going to want to include numbers when you can. If you are working on a team of 15 people or more, you could say worked on a team of 15 plus, utilizing that plus sign, people, and then what you did specifically in that role. So if you're saying, I worked on a team of 15 or more people, that's not as helpful as saying what you specifically did. I worked on a team of 15 plus people and monitored daily reports to ensure each team member was performing to company standards. 
something like that to say what you actually did. So it's factual and it's an accomplishment and it calls out that number. So if it's anything more than that number, so you're not sure if it's like 20 to 25, you could say 20 plus. Uh, That's always going to look better than to not include a number or to have paragraphs written out that are so lengthy, it's bound to get looked over. So I like bullet points, preferably, that again are things that you've done that are facts as well as accomplishments. So however you can include both of those is great. If you've worked for a company for multiple years and you've had different positions, you'll want to include what your title was for each different time period that you were in that. So if you got hired into an entry-level position and let's say within nine to 10 months you got promoted, include that. So again, oldest, last. You'll put your position that you started at at the bottom and then you'll add additional roles above that. And again, formatting to be under the same company, but you'll have your different titles listed. You'll list your different facts and accomplishments underneath each specific position that you've held within that company because hiring managers like to see the growth that you've had in each different role in each different company. So if you started out entry level and you became a manager or a supervisor or moved into like a product role or a project management role, Anything like that is going to show that you have the potential for growth and hiring managers love to see that. So if you're getting promoted from within, that shows that you are someone who is wanting to grow within a company and they will want you to do the same thing with them. When you are referring to a current position, you are going to want to make sure that you are speaking in present tense. So if you are leading a team, you are going to say currently leading a team of 15 plus people. If you are speaking in past tense, you are going to say led a team of 15 plus people. And again, when you're speaking past tense, it's L-E-D and not L-E-A-D. I see that mistake pretty often as well. It gets really confusing when you aren't sure if they are currently employed because it says that they are currently working there, but then they're speaking past tense. That is when it gets confusing. So again, your goal for the resume is to make it as easy as possible for the hiring manager to read through. So if you're saying present and you're speaking in past tense, that is going to confuse the person reading it which likely they are going to go ahead and pass on you if they cannot comprehend what you are saying or trying to convey. They will pass on you versus trying to give you the benefit of the doubt and rereading your resume multiple times. You'll want to make sure that you use spell check and not even just spell check, but having other people review your resume as well. I know me when I go and I've edited something multiple times, highlighted, deleted, rewrote something, I know what I'm trying to say. So I can often overlook a mistake. So you'll want to make sure someone who is not involved is reading through your resume just to give it a final look over and ask them to be very thorough because you do not want to say you have a great attention to detail and have grammar or spelling mistakes. Things like that can be huge turnoffs to certain hiring managers 
And to others, it's not as big of a deal. For me, I will say that if you're going to tell me that you have an attention to detail and your resume looks awful, that does not compute for me. And it makes me have a red flag and I don't trust you right from the get-go. So you can see how you want to build a good foundation right from the beginning. And that starts with your resume. So let's go into a few more specifics about your resume as well. So you'll want to list the most recent position on top. I feel like that is an automatic assumption, but again, I've seen resumes that are all over the place. So you'll want to make sure your most recent position is at the top. And if there is any overlap, you are going to want to have the one that ended last on top. So even if you started at different times, it's whatever time you ended that position. That's what order it should go in. If you have not been working, you'll want to have the last five years or five positions listed on your resume. So if you've been at one company for the last five years, that's when you'll want to add additional positions to show what different companies and different positions that you've held. And you'll also want to have five positions, even if it goes over five years, if there are any sort of gaps, because maybe you went to stay home with your kids for a couple of years, or you took care of someone in your family who had some health issues, something like that, you can go ahead and add additional positions or anything that you feel is relative to the position that you're applying for. But you don't necessarily want to include every single job you've ever held. And yes, I've seen resumes that are pages and pages long dating back to before I was born. So that was interesting. Let's just say we did not hire that person. Okay, professional summary versus an objective. So you'll see these common on resumes and I would just ask yourself, what's the position that you're applying for and is it necessary to include some of these different things? So a professional summary may be helpful for someone who is looking for a higher leadership role or something that is requiring more accomplishments. Professional summary might be helpful to explain very briefly in a couple of sentences what you have accomplished in your career. Again, I prefer to cover this in your cover letter, but if you feel that you want to add this in a professional summary, maybe you're not submitting a cover letter, so you want to include a professional summary, that's great. Again, it's your preference, but I would suggest trying to go for a cover letter in that regard. An objective is what you plan to accomplish if you were to get hired by the company that you're applying for. If you are using an objective, I would strongly recommend having a template of your resume and every position that you apply for, you'll want to go in and put the company's name in your objective statement to what you want to accomplish specifically at that company. Now, it doesn't have to be anything super specific. It can be a little bit more broad, but you'll also want to do your research to look at how you can contribute to that company's success and 
not just put in a blanket statement because if it's not truly heartfelt and you copied and pasted it from something in Google, that is going to be pretty obvious. So you'll want to make sure that you are researching the company and providing some information so that it obviously looks like you are interested in the position and that you have done your research. That is going to stand out amongst your competition. Skill summary is something that I am not a huge fan of. I think it just takes up space on a resume. Again, it is your preference and what you think looks best or or is going to help you best. Uh, I would not include this early in your resume. If your skills are taking up most of your resume, that is not beneficial. If you think about it, it's a bunch of different words that most people are using anyways. So if you're using all the same buzzwords as someone else, who's going to be the one to stand out if they're exactly the same or very similar? So I would either take that completely out or add that towards the bottom. I've also seen it formatted on the side of a resume. It can look great. And my suggestion is if you're going to have some sort of skills summary, you are including things that are more than the basic. If you are saying that you have leadership skills, planning skills, or time management skills, something like that, it's so basic and it's not explaining exactly what do you do so great about time management that the person next to you doesn't. If you say you have good organization, again, how does that stand out amongst someone else? Now, if you say that you are proficient in Google Suite or specifically in Excel or you've taken different courses, you know, something like that can be helpful to put in the skills summary. Uh, But I would recommend not including the real basic buzzwords that sound nice in theory, but aren't going to stand out on a resume. Accomplishments are similar as the skills. You'll want to list accomplishments that are relative to the position. If it's something that is completely on the opposite end of what you are working towards, it may not be as beneficial to list it, but something like volunteer work or anything like that, of course, schooling is going to be in there. Any sort of additional further education or courses that you've taken are helpful as well. But again, this is listed towards the bottom of your resume. You'll want to have your name and information, of course, at the top. And then your professional summary or objective right under that. And then that's right when I would go into your work experience or your work history, however you want to title that. And list all of your accomplishments in the workplace in your bullet points. And that's why for me, as far as accomplishments, I'm always including those at least work-related in my bullet points. So I'm not needing to put as much additional information in a specific accomplishment section. And then underneath your work experience, that's when you would either add like a skill summary, accomplishments, uh, any volunteer experience, references if you want to include those as well. Or again, you can mention references available upon request, please refer to LinkedIn profile for recommendations, both received and given, something like that as well. I would say if you have at least three recommendations, it's worth it to call it out on your resume. 
If you have two or less, maybe not a great idea to suggest that, but it's something you can certainly work towards to get more recommendations on your LinkedIn profile. The last thing I'll talk about is job hopping or a gap in your employment. If you recently left a position, you can still leave the end date as present as long as it's within maybe a couple weeks to a month. If the company is asking you inside of an interview why you left or if you're still currently employed, that's when you can go ahead and explain either why you left or why you were let go, whatever that looks like. And again, you'll probably want to reach out to some sort of coach like myself or someone to get advice on how to appropriately respond to those questions so that you still come off as professional but are able to articulate a response. Now, if you've been at a position for, let's say, three months or less and are currently looking for a position, that is something that you can also discuss with either a hiring manager or inside the interview with whoever uh, you are interviewing with as to why you are looking to leave. And again, I would practice how to respond to those questions in advance so you come off as professional and have a good response there as well. If you have been staying at home with your children or if you have been taking care of someone, as I mentioned earlier, and took some time off of work, maybe it was for travel, I think it's helpful to call that out on your resume. I add a little asterisk in between each of the sections of the resumes that I help my clients with, and I will explain in as little words as possible why there was a gap in employment. If you don't explain it, People assume the worst or they start thinking about all sorts of different things or they'll just pass on your resume again. There's no reason why they have to put you through. Like I said, if your resume is making anything hard for them, they will pass on you. So explain the gaps when you can. And again, if you need some advice or guidance, reach out to me so I can help you explain certain things to be as professional as possible without providing too much information. All right, friends, that is all I have for you today. I love resumes and I know that they can be such a pain, but it really does set such a great first impression with the right resume. So I hope you will take these tips, go edit your resume right now or schedule some time so you can go edit your resume. I always suggest keeping it updated, adding new information on the go so that you're not spending hours and hours on updating it and trying to remember your accomplishments down the road. I go in there and add it as they happen or set reminders to look at my resume every three to six months so I can go in and add any additional accomplishments or different things that I've worked on within that role. If you'd like some help on your resume, I would be happy to take a look at it. Reach out to me over on Instagram at Nicole.Harrop or send me an email info at NicoleHarrop.com. I'd love to chat with you. I am currently offering some specials on resume and cover letter editing. So if you are one of my listeners who is actively listening to the podcast, 
reach out, see what I'm offering currently right now because this won't be something that I offer all the time, but I'd love to help people get a good head start to 2020 for anyone who is looking to change positions or even applying to different roles within your own company. You still want to have a really great looking resume and I can help you do that. So reach out. I'd love to chat. I'm always happy to at least take a peek at your resume and see what might need help and give you some initial feedback uh, before we start working together. So if that is something you want to do, like I said, don't hesitate to reach out. I would love to hear from you. And soon I will be releasing another episode going over your cover letter. So if you want to wait for that, great. If not, and you want to get started now and get that help now, reach out and let's get you set up for success for 2020. See you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Next Level Leaders. If today's episode resonated with you, please take a quick screenshot, share it to your Instagram and tag me at Nicole.Harrop. I love to see it and it means the world to me. I appreciate you helping to spread the word so I can help more women. See you on next week's episode.